the empowered entrepreneur concept comes out of back in the day I did empowered nutrition. I believe in that where that word to empower others, right? It's not what I know or what I can do. It's really about how can I help others to do something? If you've gone through that experience and you share it with someone else, you've now empowered them to make a difference. Are you an overwhelmed SaaS founder ready to make the leap from leading a team to leading an organization? Join us each week as we refill your think tank with actionable tips and strategies from great business minds you know and those you don't know yet. This is SaaS Fuel with your host, five-time entrepreneur, SaaS founder, and globetrotting adventurer, Jeff Maines. Hey champions, welcome back to the SaaS Fuel Podcast, where entrepreneurship is like the ocean. Occasionally calm and peaceful, often turbulent and unpredictable, but always, always an adventure. I'm your host, Jeff Maines. Well, you probably don't know it, but this is a milestone episode. And you're like, hey, it's only episode number eight. What do you mean a milestone? Well, you know, most podcasts don't make it past seven episodes. So here we are at number eight and already have the first 25 episodes complete. Your feedback is what drives the show. So please keep that coming and keep suggesting great guests. I love that. And the referrals have been fantastic. The thing I love most about doing this is getting to meet new people and amazing founders from around the globe, solving problems with SaaS that honestly I never even knew existed. It's absolutely exceptional and building relationships has been so fun. So thanks for coming on this journey with me. And here we are at Milestone Episode 8 with many, many more to come. Thanks to you. So in last week's episode, I talked with Rhett Doolittle, a multi-time founder who hit number 18 on the Inc. 500 fastest growing list. We talked about building and scaling fast, setting and reaching impossibly crazy goals, and building great teams. Super fun episode, so check it out if you haven't listened to it already. Well, our guest this week is Patrick McGuire. Patrick is a creative entrepreneur and multi-time founder and executive leader who is focused on the sales and success of companies, including HR tech, FinTech, sports tech, SaaS, along with health, wellness, and nutrition, uh, which is really important in the sports world as well. I mean, Patrick and I get along really, really well because like me, he's all about faith, family, and friends. His titles include founder, coach, and dad. Gotta love that. You know, we share a joy for helping businesses grow and scale revenue, uh, his 500K to 50 million and more. And unless you're holding the steering wheel, put your hands together and welcome Patrick McGuire. Today's episode is sponsored by my book, Small Fish Big Pond, building a world-class business that swims circles around competitors. So why do some companies achieve explosive growth while others sink into the depths? What do exceptional SaaS companies do that mediocre companies don't? And what can SaaS leaders learn from fish? Small Fish Big Pond delivers powerful business lessons guaranteed to change the way you view your business and includes hands-on exercises and growth tools to get lightning fast results. Get your copy today at smallfishbigpond.com. Use the code SASFUEL to unlock special bonus content. Well, hey, Patrick, welcome to SaaS Fuel. Hey, appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you very, very much. Well, I love your background. I mean, you started out in sports and health and have moved into really helping kids do the, the same types of things in sports. So tell me a little bit about Rosterlogics and, and your journey to get there. Yeah, I mean, going back, I grew up playing a lot of hockey, a lot of football, lacrosse, things like that and traveling. And there's three things in my life that make up who I am and my character from my past. And there's one thing in my life today that makes up my character. And those three things really are sports. That was one of them. Learning how to lose, unfortunately, painfully and gracefully. The other one is world travel. And, you know, I was able to live in France and England and Ireland for summers. I'm Canadian born, got the opportunity to travel a lot through the US and live there for a while too. And it's wonderful. And then the third thing is obviously my faith. You know, that's a big deal to me as well. And it's about character and integrity. It has nothing to do with faith, but it was about that and trying to develop the character and leadership for tomorrow. And that's today's youth and generation. And sports tech is something I've fallen into from, from actually doing sports to sports nutrition to HR tech to fintech and then getting into sports tech. And now the twist on that is is the NFT, the Web3 world, the metaverse of sports is just booming. 
And that's kind of how I fell into it. So Roster Logics comes from a love to increase trust, transparency, communications, and compliance so you can focus on what matters most and love your sports experience. That's why we built that product. That's fantastic. I think that's really important. I mean, so much is, is put on winning or, or exceeding expectations in sports, but but the love of the game is really the, the best part, especially for kids. Most of them are not going to go on to be to be pros, but no. uh, <laughs> you know, some certainly might. I mean, tell me a little bit about the the product and and how it works and how it helps the teams. Yeah. So actually, just last night, late last night, and this is being future recorded, but uh, late last night, I was on with a group out of California, and the number one thing is they want to provide a better sports experience for their parents and players. We developed the product exactly for that because you know I am a coach. I coach hockey. I have. I've been coaching longer than I've had kids. That is crazy, but it's true. And (laughs) we've gone through these pains and struggles. You know, you get messages, you go and you register for a sports association. I'm going to use hockey, register for hockey tryouts for my kid. And, you know, hey, they don't even message you. They don't even communicate with you. In fact, I jokingly say that most sports organizations, and this is probably going to get me in trouble, but is run by white haired dinosaurs. They can't reach the keyboards. <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah. So we're like, Sad but true. you know, people say, well, here's your piece of paper, register, come into the office and pay for tryouts or pay when you get to the tryouts. Okay, great. We did that. Well, who's your kid? What's their number? All this stuff. Then you do the tryouts. A coach gives you a piece of paper offer letter and then sends you to the office. You have to go to the office, you know, somewhere on the other end of town, but there's a line in that the offer letter that says, bring your post dated checks to the office. Boom. Like what's a check (laughs) every year for so many years, I've had to go looking for checks. I'm like, I don't even know where we keep them. I lose them every year. I have to go to the bank and order another book. It's almost embarrassing because who uses checks? Like you said, so roster logics was actually developed for that purpose, but also because of the communications parents didn't know when or where to skate. And because I am a very transparent coach, everybody knows how to get a hold of me in this town that I live in. I don't hide it. And they would call me at like six in the morning. My kid just got cut from this team or this association. I heard you guys have a skate tomorrow morning. How do I get there? Who do I register with? And I'm like, my goodness, like it's 6am and we're driving to the arena for a seven or 8am, you know, series of tryouts. And these parents are calling and the kids crying in the back of the car because they didn't know they got cut because coaches are hiding and they're sending random emails which they get lost, they get buried, they go into spam filters. I mean, Johnny Coach 99 at hotmail.com or, uh, you know, Patty Coach 74 at AOL. Who the heck is going to get that email to say your kid made the team or didn't? And then when you get there, they still give you a piece of paper and say, go to the office. So those communications have to be better. We have to have a better experience. And we wanted to provide a better experience for parents and players and help guide them so they get to the tryouts they want, so they can take an offer letter or decline an offer letter or get reassigned to another future team or actually make their payments online. Can you imagine that? Super modern, right? (laughs) Compared to the the old way. Yeah. So (laughs) they got a checkbook or just do it on the app. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So we want to make sure it's a seamless place where you can have more communications. You can have timely communications. You can actually register for events. You can see all your kids in a dashboard, family kids, my kids, if you will, all on a dashboard for all their sports. If all the sports are using roster logics, they'd be able to see that all in one place. So when you need your tax receipts next year, you've got them all. You can also see your schedules and activities. You can also communicate with the coaches and parents. They can tell you when there's update. Hey, you know, they can send a message out to everybody. There's a snowstorm on the highway. Yes, we're in Canada, folks. There's a snowstorm on the highway. The game's been canceled and it's two hours away. So stay home. And you can get that in real time instead of these random emails or having to play phone tag or creating a separate uh, WhatsApp or Snapchat group or something. It's all in-house. And then even taking it further than that, we obviously for the pandemic uh, situation that looks like the world is sort of waking up to and coming out of or getting back to business, which is great. It's been two years. We created Shield. Shield was designed to track medical data for the athletes, like a return to play, you know, like the doctor signed off on your concussion, you're okay to play again, but it's a great ad. Yeah, I think it's a good ad. But the odd thing about that was that, you know, Hey, COVID kicked in lots of people shut things down, possibly a little bit too fast. Maybe they didn't do the right protocols, but we created shield to be able to do on-site attendance and testing where they answer a few questions, they test at home and it gives them a red or a green and says, you're safe to play. We'll see you soon at the rink 
or the field or the diamond, wherever that's going, the pitch. And, or it would say, hey, the screen on your mobile device turns red and it says, maybe you should take a rest day today. And it notifies all the coaches of who's available and who's not, which again, helps you build your rosters for whatever sport you're at. And again, it's that transparency and communications and it's about making sure everybody is healthy. That's a big deal because nobody wants an entirely sick team. I'd rather one player sick for a few days, even if it's precaution, than the whole team sick for a week or two. Right, right. Well, it's a really interesting market that you're in. How did you come up with a pricing model that would fit? And how did you know that that would work as you rolled out the the, the product? Yeah, I wouldn't say that we we have the pricing model nailed down. I wouldn't say that we've optimized and maximized it or opportunized it. I can't say it's right or wrong. But what I would say is that we've priced it against the competitors. We looked at what's out there and what they're offering. So sports management platforms are available. They're a lot older technology and they're kind of like duct taping things together on the web. And they're charging a base rate of like $10,000. Like our most closest identical competitor is old and it's missing a lot of the new functionality and the user experience is awful. That on-screen interaction is just but they're charging $10,000 base. But what you don't notice, and you have to dig into their, their system a bit, is the base for an association is $10,000, but they also, that's annual recurring revenue, that's an annual subscription for associations, but they then charge you for functionalities, add-ons, you know, $2,500 $2, here, $5,000 there, API is $5,000. And we just felt that's wrong. You know, if you're going to offer a platform, offer the entire platform all in one, one decision, all features. And we actually set that at $10,000 a year subscription with the option to cancel every year if you wanted to as an association. And we don't charge the parents for communications. We don't charge them for, you know, scheduling. We don't charge them for anything. We don't charge coaches for doing their tryouts, rostering and registering players. We don't charge for integrations to, you know, the sports associations that you might be trying to deal with, like uh, USA Hockey or Hockey Canada or SCAHA, that's South, South California Hockey Association. We don't charge for those integrations, we actually only charge it. And quite honestly, for the right association, a new association, a new territory, we heavily discount that $10,000. So that way they can become comfortable with our system. And you know, year over year, we keep it at the same rate and we don't get too upset. That's a good model. I like that. I think it's fair. It's definitely much more feature rich. Right. And you're not getting nickel and dime for every little thing that you want to add as an association. So you you really have much more transparency in the pricing. You know what it's going to cost and the functionality. Absolutely. Yes, for sure. It's definitely there in the modern age. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Keep it all there. Keep it one price, one decision. You don't have to worry about trying to use a new feature. Just use it. Well, besides roster logic, what else are you up to? Doing a lot, of course. Uh, I am empowered entrepreneur. I'm crazy. I'm diseased entrepreneur. I'm totally 100% unemployable, as you and I have talked about. And uh, we have a couple of different projects also in the sports tech category, one specifically in NFT space, Web3. That is, uh, it's SaaS and initial sales plus SaaS, if you will. And that is NFXCo, NFXCo.com. So the non-fungible experience company. And the other one is GameFace. GameFace Media actually is really cool. Again, sports tech. I'm also integrating the payments piece for them as well, but I love sports tech and fintech. And what I would say is that that one is super cool because you're able to have coaches, players, parents, associations create and manage the game footage or practice footage and highlight reels and clippings and, hey team, we need to work on this. So inside of that, we're able to see the chat conversations like, Jeff, I love to click that play. I want you to work on this. And that goes right out to the player. And the player doesn't have to rely on memory. And the coach doesn't have to rely on memory. We've got it in real time. And we're able to chat and communicate about it with either coach to coach, coach to trainer, coach to skills coach. Everybody's got a skills coach these days. Or coaches to to lines, to teams, or to individual players. And we even put in a nice little piece where there's a peer-to-peer, parent-to-parent chat as well as player chat. So players can share them. And the really cool thing about game face is if the coach shares the video and a player likes something and they clip it and they save it to their own profile, those players can create highlight reels and we can send those to scouts who are part of our verified scout program. And so we have multiple subscription layers built into that, whether it's associations and teams or whether it's the players and parents, which is one profile or the scouts, verified scouts for you know, NCAA colleges or pro teams, 
will actually log into the system, watch the highlight reel. You can invite them as a player. If I was a player, I'm a little bit old, but you know, if I was dreaming, nice. <laughs> I could invite that scout. Hey, <laughs> saw you in the database. Love to talk to you. I want to go to your school. Boom. Sends it over. They can see that highlight reel. The other thing in verified scout, which is cool is if I was a subscribed member as a verified scout, as a scout, now an agent, I might say, Hey, I know I'm losing my, you know, my big burly, incredible shooting left winger in the next two to three years. Cause they're either graduating or their, their contracts up if they're pros or going pro something like that. So I can put that in and I can filter and I can find all the big burly left-handed bomber shots that are coming through the system and I can look at them and I can watch their highlight reels and I can invite them into a conversation as a scout. So really neat way to layer subscription as a service. We love that software as a service as well, but more so layering the ability to help people get what they want. You and I talked, I love being an empowered entrepreneur and I love helping others and, and empowering them to make a difference. And this one game face does that roster logics does that. And uh, NFX does that as well because of all the charities that we're partnered up with. So what does it mean to be an empowered entrepreneur? Tell me more about that. It means you probably can't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, th that's not a bad thing. If you're an entrepreneur, you don't want one of those. Yeah, for sure. So the empowered entrepreneur concept comes out of back in the day, I did empowered nutrition. I believe in that where that word to empower others right? It's not what I know and what I can do. It's really about how can I help others to do something? If you've gone through that experience and you share it with someone else, you've now empowered them to make a difference. So Empowered Entrepreneur is really came from me growing Empowered Nutrition after building a couple of companies and having some really bad partners. I had to leave them, did it all again all, all on my own. And I brought in a, sport, a technology partner for it. But a lot of my local friends and network, they saw my ability or capability, I would say, maybe my knowledge or experience. And they always wanted to borrow it. They always wanted to, can we just have a coffee? Can we just talk about this? Usually turned into, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? So I changed my model and said, hey, I'll put you on a contract and I will help you do that. And I will teach you to do that because you don't want me doing it forever because then you got a, an overhead, you got a liability and that's a bad move. It also means that I was owned by somebody else if you think of it that way. And that's not empowering to me. So I'd rather empower and educate entrepreneurs on how to do their business better and how to succeed and grow. And that's been able to bless me in the opportunity to move into the HR tech, move into the FinTech. I've helped companies actually acquire funds and exit successfully and unsuccessfully. It depends on what your measurements are, of course. We grew a company. In fact, one was HR tech and I ended up getting asked all the time, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you do this? So the guy's never been an entrepreneur, doesn't have a clue. He does now. He's very, very smart, done a great job. But what we ended up doing was we built an HR tech company. Two guys ran their whole thing from HR consulting on his side and the sales and marketing on my side. We only had one salesperson, me, <laughs> who was doing the marketing. We had six service and support people. And we grew a business from zero to 178 live customers in 23 months. And when I say customers, I actually mean enterprise class clients. So our product was competing against Oracles and Workdays and, and PeopleSoft and things like that. It was crazy. But we were able to do that and plan our exit to Financial Force, which then became Financial Force HCM. So in doing that, I got a lot more reputation. I got a lot more connections. So I went back to Empowered Entrepreneur. How do I empower others to do this? And going back to that blessings thing, so many more people have said, can you actually just join our team? Could you be an advisor to us? Could you possibly, you know, join the team officially and be on the uh, the board or could you be a paid employee, you know, for whatever reasons. And I've really enjoyed it and that's actually brought me into podcasting. I love that. Peer groups, you and I both love that model. It's great. And that's the coaching side, but then the software as a service is never going to leave my brain. You know, it's the subscription model will never leave and sports tech something I love. So we're back to, you know, Astrologics NFX and GameFace. And those are all payments. They're all fintech. They're all sports tech. And they are all something that will empower others. So that's kind of the condensed but long version of why I like to be an empowered entrepreneur and why I like to empower other entrepreneurs to do better and 
and go after those really big goals. And going back, Jeff, as we scaled that company, eventually we, we sold out for a decent amount. I shouldn't say sold out. We stayed for two years. I stayed for two years. My partner ran right away. But uh, <laughs> that seems to happen a lot. I've been in that situation a couple of times. Like, where'd everybody go? Yeah. So he was gone, but I brought some of the staff with me. We became part of a bigger machine. We went to 21 million ARR the next year. And then I ended up leading their sales team up to actually 120 million ARR two years later. And that's when I said, okay, it's time for me to move on. So I love the concept. I love software. I love empowering others. I love leading teams of people that are going to become the future leaders because one, I stand on the shoulders of giants that go before me, Einstein, in case you haven't looked it up, folks. And two is they're going to be the next generation of giants who do incredible things. They're so smart these days. It's unbelievable. I like that. Tell me about uh, building enterprise sales as a small company. What did you do to win those deals against the, the big companies? And how did you have that, that growth so fast? What were the big differentiators? I'll tell you right now, it was a combination of things. Reality is be genuine, be honest, and be available. That's kind of it, right? If you're, if you're genuine, you actually care. You actually want to help. And so let's go back to using the HR tech analogy. In HR tech to win those enterprise deals, all they got was salespeople. They didn't get anyone that listened to what their problems and needs were. And that was a model that I took in terms of sales. Hey, we have to have a discovery call. Hey, we have to have a strategy session. Hey, now we can do your demo. And people were like, what? Like, that doesn't make sense. Why do I have to have the call before the call to have the demo? And the reality was I could just demo the heck out of this thing left, right, and center. But what we ended up doing is trying to understand what their needs were, understand what meant the most to them. And they were HR tech. So they actually didn't have budget approval for anything. They couldn't just sign off on something. They like to say that I own the decision, but the next question usually was who signs the checks, right? Not them. Oh, that's not me. I got to talk to the CEO <laughs> and then get the CFO. And so, so that's the how committee that, has to approve it. Right. Oh, okay. So we found if we gave a little love to the HR directors or VPHR and so forth, and we made sure we solved all their problems with our software. In fact, we got to the point that out of 15 functional areas in HR tech, and there is more if you wanted to, but 15 functional areas, we only had the demo two to three of them because that was solving their immediate pain points and problems because we actually listened to them. Whereas with other software companies, and I went to interview with a bunch of them, don't get me wrong, I thought about it. They were just about pumping and dumping. Here's what we got, here's our highlight reel, here's our features, boom. Okay, what do you want? How many users are you gonna sign on for? Pardon? Right. So we shared a little love and, and there was a joke actually from my partner at the time, and actually it got carried over to Financial Force who acquired us that, you know, in sales, if it's HR, tech or HCM, as we call it, human capital management, if it's that and they need a hug, send them to Patrick. And that's what it was. Cause I would tell them like, we may be digital or remote. We're doing, we're doing webinar digital sales face-to-face in 2010. That was unheard of. People thought that was alien and foreign, but we were able to meet with so many more people and companies to close deals faster. And I used to say, I will give them a mental hug. And then in person, if we were at events and whatnot, they all knew that I was going to give them a hug, whether they were a current client, former client, you know, I'm here for you. If you just want a handshake, we'll handshake. We know what the connection is. And it was just that we cared. We really cared. So we were honest. We we're just caring. I can't say much more than that. And if you care what their problem is and you care about their success as an HR director, you care about them dealing with all the employees and change management, you're going to close the deal faster and better. And we took in that world, by the way, work days and oracles, we took and scaled down the sales cycle from 23 months, which is the average sales cycle in those large enterprise companies. We were able to knock it down to an average of 3.2 months. Wow. That's a lot faster for sure. Yeah. I mean, our fastest close was 24 hours. But that's because we did a simple sequence. Here's my email. Hey, I, I want to look at your HR stuff. You know, send me your whatever. Get on a call. Give me a demo. And I'd respond with, okay, what's your number one problem? Watch this video and then answer these two or three questions. And it was different ones each time. I had a copy and paste model. Sent it out. If they answered the questions, then I knew what their problems were. I knew they watched the video. And then I would say, okay, great. Now that you watched the 90 second video, I want you to watch this three minute video and answer these two or three questions. Then they watch that, they respond. And then we said, hey, I want you to watch this six minute video and answer these questions. And at that point, if they've done three videos, they've invested about 12 minutes of their time and a couple of questions, roughly four to six questions. I know they're serious. And 
we were able to then say, okay, you're either kind of pretending to be serious, go watch the monthly demo webinar, which we automated evergreened it, by the way, so we could do demos in our sleep, or we need to get on a call and we need to have a live one-on-one demo to solve those problems that you just told me about. And they love that. We were able to move that darn fast and solve their problems and show them how they can solve their problems themselves and not rely on a company, a consulting group, an outsourcing, whatever it is. So, so we showed them we cared and we had a very simple sequence. That's all it was. That's good. I think a lot of times they can really tell. You know, prospects can definitely tell if you care or if you just want the sale. And yep. <laughs> so many salespeople make that mistake. Uh, they're just interested in closing the deal. And, you know, are you a deal or are you not? And if you're not, then I have no time for you. And that's true. And so it, it's, yeah. And it, that's sad. You give sales a bad name. But uh, I think clients really understand that. And so they want to work with somebody that, that gets them and that can describe the problem and understands what they go through on a day-to-day basis. So when you do that, you, you win. Yeah, absolutely. And right pricing it too. Like when we first launched, uh, my partner was doing it on his own and he was doing it on another platform and he was a consultant. And he built these pieces on on another platform that didn't actually integrate together. And you had to sell separate licenses for each. And then they had to duct tape them together in the back end. Not duct tape, folks. I'm joking. It's digital duct tape. But (laughs) um, my first move when he said, Pat, I need a marketing funnel. So I put that in place for him. I need a sales funnel. I put that in place for him. And he says, I need sales. Actually, he said, we need sales. That was the words he used. We need sales. I was doing it almost full-time on top of my full-time sports nutrition company. And I said, well, we need equity because this bleep explorative is not free. And that's how I got into HR tech, which I had no business being there except for that. I understood sales and I understood people and that's, that's it. I mean, my father was an HR executive, but you know, he's amazing to be honest, but I shouldn't have been in that industry, but I realized that people needed to know you cared. And they needed to know that we had a solution and we crushed it. And what I loved about the model was I changed it from being multiple price points for multiple types of users. We just said all users, one price, all functionality, and we do a monthly subscription build annually. So we would get not the HR director and a couple of their executives or their managers. We'd get the entire company into the system on a monthly subscription at what started out at about $7.00 grew to 12, grew to 15, grew to 19. When Financial Force acquired us, they pushed it to 15 and 19. I told them it's the wrong price. It needs to be 12. They told me I'm crazy. And I said, no, 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 it's going to be 12. Eventually after all their crazy discounts, because they had a different selling strategy, instead of selling value, they sold the product in a discount, which is an old Salesforce strategy, discount like 50%. Right. I love Salesforce, greatest platform I've, I've ever used, to be honest. But you know that sales model, I'll charge you and then I'll discount at 50%. So I get what I want. Well, guess what the average monthly recurring subscription per employee per month was 1177. Would it be $12? Yeah. Close. (laughs) 1177. I kind of, I knew my numbers. I knew what was right. I knew the value and I knew that we could close deals and get everybody on board. Whereas other companies that we competed against had, you know, super user at $180 per user per month. And administrative users at like a hundred bucks a month, then all employees using performance or scheduling or whatever at roughly $60, $70. And then everybody needs to use onboarding for the HR record, of course. So they onboard and they need to use team chat or something like that. So they charge them like $15 a month. And we're just going, that's, that's gouging. And it's, it's the wrong pricing model. It's the wrong message. We don't want one employee. We want every employee on a monthly recurring subscription. That's exactly the model. And it was fair priced, probably underpriced, but 1177 was the magic number in the uh, several years or the last year that I left. And knowing your numbers is an important thing. (laughs) Yeah. Cause it's easy to scale that, right? Like when we signed, you know, a couple of bigger companies, you know, like financial force carries clients like Disney and Caterpillar and MGM and, you know, Tata, Tata Consulting and Tata Automotive. People know who they are. Those are big companies. You're talking about 20s and 30s, hundreds of thousands of employees in one deal. You can't charge them random overpriced pricing. You got to charge them what's fair and get them all on board, not some of them. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to ask Patrick about the future of sales, the future of the metaverse, and how we see it playing out in the SaaS world and those integrations right after this. You ever feel like you're in uncharted waters or maybe wish there was a checklist or clear path to follow for your stage of growth? Well, we are one. 
Champion Leadership Group helps SaaS founders scale from 1 million to 10 million to 20 million and well beyond. Only one in 40,000 companies grows to $10 million in revenue. The rest stay small or die along the trail. Building a business is treacherous if you go alone. Instead, travel with experienced SaaS founders and expert guides who help chart your course to consistent results, impact, and freedom while providing support every step of the way. Create your free SaaS growth map at championleadership.com. We're back on SaaS Fuel. My guest today, Patrick McGuire, CEO of RosterLogic NFX and host of The Empowered Entrepreneur. So Patrick, let's talk a little bit more about the metaverse and what you're doing there and how you see it being used in sports and entertainment and really extending that experience from the real world into virtual and beyond. Yeah, Jeff, you got me so fired up on this one because this is a new passion that's been brewing for many, many, many years. We actually have a concept that kind of percolated back in 2014 when I exited and NFTs, Metaverse, Web3, all that stuff, blockchain really, plus NFTs, if you will, that's really, really allowed me to take this vision and turn it into something. And it really is for everyone, but we'll talk about how that works in a minute. What I think is really cool is that, you know, I'm able to get professional athletes, amateur athletes, parents, players, all involved, as well as like collegiate. Now that collegiate can monetize their likeness and image, they need a vehicle to be able to do that. And NFX company, nfxco.com, we can do that. Officially, we're not launched. We're, we have our beta launch. We've run it several times with many, many different groups uh, from individuals to associations, but we will be launching on June 17th at the Fatherhood Festival. And that has taken place at the NFL Hall of Fame. So that is super cool. It is sports and we're doing a little bit of tech. So I guess it's sports tech in the uh, in the NFT world or the blockchain metaverse world. Web3, folks. I'm excited for it. I love it. It's the ability to monetize a product. It's the ability to monetize an image. It's not just some crappy little JPEG, if you will. And I don't mean to offend anybody out there, but let's be honest, there's some pretty bad artwork mimicking or masking what it's really being <laughs> sold for. It's crap. And I've even seen crap sold as NFTs, little images, emojis of poop. <laughs> and they're selling it for hundreds and thousands of dollars. And that blows my mind. So we as NFX are a fidgetal company and fidgetal is physical and digital. And we really are about experiences. So NFX company or nfxco.com non-fungible experience company. We provide digital, physical and digital experiences for people to enjoy, whether it's a fan, a super fan, a collector or an investor. And you know what? Honestly, it's for the athletes too. It's not just for the people that are interested in buying the NFTs. We're different. We take a physical product, which we're all very familiar with. And I just realized I didn't bring one down to the podcast studio, but we have metal physical cards. So usually I like to take the card and I ching it on a glass or a tin because you hear it, you see it and you're like, oh my goodness, that is so different. And the nostalgia comes back in for us older guys. I'll say me older guy. I mean, I'm 48 now, <laughs> but uh, I remember getting player cards and if they were crap, they went in the spokes of my tires and it sounded like a motorbike. Right. right. That's <laughs> how you made a motorcycle sound on your bike. <laughs> It was a lot better than me going, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> but so we take that concept that's nostalgic and collectible and we put it onto a metal card. So it's going to save and hold on forever. We have some future functionality we're putting into that card functionality in a card sounds weird, but the ability to have the NFCs to be able to trade and transfer, to make sales, to track where it is. If I go to an event, my card, if I bring it with me and I'm going to watch my favorite MMA guy or football player, soccer player, you know, baseball player, you know, women's NBA and, and all this wonderful stuff. You've got all these opportunities where if you take your card and it's tracking your experience, you can see all that. And it's tied to the card. It's tied to your NFT. And the other piece is the NFT. That's the new version of collectibles, being able to have NFTs to say that I own it. I know the originator. And where I'm very, very excited is in fact, because we can track that sale for everybody. So if we thought of it this way, we'd like to work with charities. I told you, I like to help others. We like to empower people. So we're launching at the Fatherhood Festival and we're using a multi-layered approach. We've got an amazing country artist signed on and he is launching it at his concert, which is happening uh, just during the recording of this. 
and he's going to be running a concert at the Football Hall of Fame at the Fatherhood Festival, Jordan Davis. The guy's a big name. Like, so we're running an NFT. Yes, he is. Yeah, so it's going to be really cool because the NFT is just a digital version of it. We're able to track and donate 5% to the athlete or artist in perpetuity, so forever. So every time that card ever sells or trades between you and me, we're able to track that and give them 5%. We're also giving 5% to their charity. We also have a revenue model where we donate a very large portion. Almost all of the proceeds go towards the athlete's foundation or the artist's foundation. So more than 60% of the sale, whether it's an auction or a fixed rate product, for this beautiful physical metal card, I'm so embarrassed I didn't bring it down here to the studio, but uh, this beautiful physical metal card, high gloss, holographic, shiny, the whole works with the athlete or artist image on it, their event, their sponsor, their charity, all that stuff is there. If you and I sell that and track it through the NFTs, they're able to give value to somebody else, me, the collector. They're able to get value and increase their value as an artist or athlete. They know they're going to get something for their, their foundation for the long-term future. And, you know, it's just something that can be held by everybody. This problem with the Web3 world or metaverse and NFTs is the utility. What does my NFT get me? Well, if you just bought that poop emoji, you get nothing. You know, it's just, I own that. And what am I going to do? Put it on my <laughs> right. profile pic. But if you get something like NFX, you know, that metal card, I don't have to do anything. I put it in my lanyard and I walk around the event. Everybody knows I have a gold NFT NFX. So my NFX is a gold metal card. I can get into anything. I got elite access. I've got a chance to win a minute, maybe a moment, I should say, with that athlete or artist, the meet and greet live at these events. I'm going to get into the damn, the damn event. Like that's crazy. Oh, just flash my card. I don't have to check in. I don't have to do anything. And then I've got this NFT where if Jeff, you and I were on, a, on an NFX, if I was a collector and you were my guy and I, I bought your NFX card and I've got the NFT with Jeff on it and you sent me just a quick little, hey, Pat, thank you very much for getting my NFT. Really love it. Can't wait to do more work with you and, and see you. Thanks for supporting my foundation. That moment can be attached to the NFT. And now your card or my card will be more valuable than the, the guy who has card number one. Right. And the gold medals are more valuable than the silver medals. So there's a layering effect there to help drive desire and demand. And, you know, that's an initial sale, but we have a subscription model tied onto that as well, which is the drops. Everybody hears about drops, but what does my drop get me? We get exclusive access to the athletes moments. We get exclusive access to the artists having their special pre-release web session. So anywhere in the world can jump on a brand new song with Jordan Davis before it comes out. That's absurd. And that's just not normal. And what's really cool is blockchain. You know who the originators are, NFX company. You know who the artist is. In this case, Jordan Davis, we'll use him. I can run off a bunch of other names that are going to be there as well, but let's focus on one. And then you know who the owners are. So blockchain actually tracks the owners in every transaction for history forever. It's put out on like a million different computers. And if one computer's wrong because somebody hacked it, that computer gets kicked out of the system and the transactions wiped out of the record. But in a million computers, you pretty much can't, it's a million plus, it's always growing actually. You can't hack them all at the exact same precise micro minute right, right. and change the ownership from Pat to Jeff. That has to happen through a transaction where you and I tap our card or we scan the QR, or we log on to the NFX marketplace. And I actually transfer ownership to you for a fee on the secondary market. And you say, Pat, that card's worth a hundred bucks. I know you paid 80 bucks for it, but I want all the moments for yours. So I'll pay you, transfer it over. So these collectors now have something that's growing in value. You can track it, you can transfer it, you can sell it, you can then obviously pay that back to the athletes, the artists and their foundations for that ongoing royalty. We don't make anything on the secondary sales, by the way. We're just on the initial sales. We do a little bit of profit margin and, and we do the uh, subscription model as well. So we obviously take a small piece of the marketplace fee for doing the transactions, but we're really interested in helping those that are helping others. In this case, athletes and artists helping foundations or our teams programs. So teams being colleges, you know, looking at foundations, of course, and associations that have teams that want to get, this is the one that really excites me. They want to get all their players and do a fundraiser or a, a booster club or something. They can do that with our product. 
And then the one that we want to get, level three, is everyone. So I think of pros, teams, everyone. And I want, and Jeff, you've seen this. You've seen that. Uh, oops, I just got to scan that, clear that. You've seen my son is on my phone. <laughs> right. We talked yep. about that last time, but we actually have launched with my business card, a metal NFX card. It's got my son's picture on it, but my contact info. I'm obviously not selling those folks. They're free if you want to take them. But that said, <laughs> what if one day my kid went pro in whatever sport they wanted to do or became a, a, a popular musician? When they're going to sign that contract today, an agent will negotiate to try and get the best dollar they can. But what if they close a deal and they say, we're going to sell your rookie cards for X and we're going to do millions of them and we're going to pay you a one-time sitting fee, which is pretty typical. It's awful. Athletes are not getting paid what they're worth, to be honest. They are the entertainment. They are the business. What if you turned around and said, thank you very much for my $5 million a year contract. Thank you very much for my one-time sitting fee every year for you know, my, uh, my paper card. And then they actually, by the way, pro associations are selling the rights and royalties to those athletes pictures. Like they used to sell their cards and they never get paid for it. So now what if I said to you, Jeff, I know you're closing a deal. I know you're signing with player X, my son, and I know you're going to sell his rookie card for X amount of dollars because it'd be worth something one day. What if I told you you're going to have to sign a bigger check to get us on board? And they say, why? Because I have minted and printed on metal collectible cards, a collection that is already selling and trading of my player, son or daughter, from the very first time they put on skates, cleats, or a baseball glove. And every year after that, I have like 18 years of rookie cards, the originals. And they're tied to the NFTs. They're tied to the blockchain. And I can actually track that. By the way, you pull up your phone, you go, hey, look, my kid's trending. And their following is this big and their cards are now selling and he's getting a royalty paid to him because of the, the new NIL rules. He's getting paid or she's getting paid, you know, $500,000 a year and they're not even pro. You better sign a bigger check, Jeff. And that's the, the way I want to do it. And also, if you think about it, moms and dads, if you have every one of your rookie cards with our future everyone model, which will be released later, not yet. We come out with pros, then teams, then everyone. But if you had every one of those rookie cards, wouldn't it be nice to know that one day maybe your child will sign with a college team or a pro team and you then have value in that collection that you could sell and recoup the costs of all those years of sports and extra education, that's where it's at. Interesting, yeah. I can tell you this, Jeff, the average parent that gets a kid, and this is Ontario, so I'm Burlington guy, but Ontario Hockey League, a friend of mine actually does their financial awareness. They're actually teaching kids how to be financially aware and, and savvy. But the average player, before they get to the OHL, the family has spent $120,000 in just hockey. Wow. I can kind of believe that. I mean, it's it's really expensive. It is. But that's every sport. You know, if they say, well, soccer's cheap. But no, soccer, yeah, you just buy a pair of cleats and a pair of shorts and a ball and you're good. But you have to subscribe. You have to be part of their memberships. All the extra training. Every soccer player I've ever talked to, and I work with a couple of high-end uh, coaching academies, the kids do that academy, they pay extra and they go get extra training. They have trainings and coaches and premier leagues and, and traveling leagues and so many things going on. Yeah. So every sport's very expensive now. The average sports association is charging $2,500 per athlete per year. And then you're training your extra stuff on top of that. So that's absurd. I mean, North American sports are out of control. We all think our kids are all going pro less than, I think it was 0.3% actually go to the NHL from North America. <laughs> so but we believe in this idea that you can actually help pros give back to foundations and charities that they love and, and want to be part of give to the fans and obviously we want to be able to do that for all sports associations at the team's level for colleges and ultimately everyone deserves to have this technology in their hands and be able to just be super fans of their own family so tell me a little bit more about the charity event coming up this Thursday, June 17th. Yeah, June 17th is Fatherhood Festival. So fatherhoodfestival.com, check that out. Good friend of mine, Justin Bad, is actually putting this together. He's pulled it off. He's got a long list of pro athletes, primarily NFL players, of course. Considering it's going to be at the NFL Hall of Fame, we've got a lot of these uh, individuals there. It's got, you know, we've got trucks for game centers and we've got like... um 
obstacle courses and parents can go and, and run around with their kids and goof off. It's called Fatherhood Festival, obviously being Justin Bat Daddy Saturday, you know, aka Daddy Saturday. It better be Fatherhood Festival and it falls on Father's Day weekend, but we actually have a strategy or he has a strategy that this is for the families. This is to remind dads to get back involved with the families because often we're the ones that might check out or get busy with business or activities or sports or our, our midlife crisis for some of us that feel like we got to be young and run around and do crazy stuff again. But Daddy Saturday is the idea of bringing the family together. And that's happening at Fatherhood Festival. And it's for everybody in the family. We are launching NFX at the event. We actually delayed our launch about a month and a half to make sure we tied into this because I believe in the cause. We're giving back to, uh, as I mentioned, about 60% of the revenue of the total sales, I should say, is actually going to the foundation. Uh, so the athletes. That's fantastic. Jeff, I'm so excited for it. And I know that sounds crazy. Like, buddy, you're launching a company and you're giving away all the profits. Um, it makes no sense, but go for it. Good luck. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. We're going to make a bit of money, folks, but uh, we have a long-term vision for this to help the athletes, help the foundations and the people that need it. And that is a big deal. So we start out Friday night, uh, Friday, get together in the afternoon, hang out, do some crazy activities. Friday night is the viewing or screening of the Kurt Warner underdog movie. Such a cool story. It I is. Mean, Love his story. Oh, from grocery bag into football, right? Like, whoa, <laughs> uh, that story is a great one. And then the next day, more events and activities. In the evening, we're having a live concert with Jordan Davis, where we will be announcing some of the progress of the NFX sales and the amount of money they're driving for the charities. That will be announced live on stage. We've got signing booths for all these athletes that are there and for the artists that are there. People can grab their limited edition Fatherhood Festival gold NFX cards and NFTs, and they'll be able to walk right over from our booth and right next to us. And those are free for ticket holders, by the way. That's a gift from NFX and Fatherhood Festival. But they'll be able to take that over and give them to the artist or athlete sitting at the table right beside us and have them signed, increasing their value and just keeping that physical keepsake. We, we forget that events are memories and memories fade, but a physical item can remind us of something something that happened, something we did and bring back those emotions, like looking at pictures. So we've got Jordan Davis actually going on his own NFX, which will be sold as an auction for charity. So our goal is to drive as much revenue as possible, increase those sales. Folks, if you're listening to this, we want you to auction it, raise the prices, increase the bids, do whatever you got to do. There's only a thousand. We're only making a thousand. There's only 100 gold cards and NFTs, and there's only 900 silver cards and NFTs. And that's done with a very specific intent because if you're able to get one of the gold cards, you actually have a chance to win some experiences, a live meet and greet with Jordan Davis and others, webinar sessions with certain individuals from his team, from Jordan Davis and from other athletes that we have on this, uh, on the card deck as well, which we'll tell you more about as we get closer. I know it's a few days out from this recording, but you know, having that chance to win a signed golden football trophy, being able to have access to the golden jacket awards on Sunday morning at the NFL Hall of Fame, meet and greet all of your superstar pros in the NFL world. But we're using this as a launching stone for all pros, for all teams, for everyone. And Fatherhood Festival is actually using this as a stepping stone to all sports. We've already got a connection going with the Canadian Football League, with the Lacrosse Association, with now said the CFL, but also looking at the future with the NHL. And getting back to the dads and families there too. So very excited for this. This is a crazy launch. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have tons of fun. It is going to be one big weekend long party on Father's Day weekend at the Football Hall of Fame for the entire family. And that's so cool because we're giving back to the foundations. That's fantastic. Where can listeners find out more about you and about uh, you know, all of these different things online? Yeah, for sure. Of course, uh, I am Empowered Entrepreneur. So empoweredentrepreneur.ca, Canadian, eh? I had to throw it in there. I usually try not to say A, but yeah. <laughs> from there, you'll also find rosterlogics.com. You'll find nfxco.com and you'll find GameFace at getgameface.com, which is a great recurring subscription model for those athletes and communications, what we call video communications and coaching. So you'll find those there. And Fatherhood Festival, that is fatherhoodfestival.com. 
That is the launch event. That's the place where NFX is going to explode. That's where we're going to have a lot of fun. That's where we're going to give back to the charities and literally give away pretty much every penny we could make. Don't ask me why we're doing this, but it is going to be awesome fun. And I know we're going to help others. And, you know, if you're really trying to find me, Jeff, it is on LinkedIn. You can search for Patrick McGuire. You can look for the big head. I'm usually smiling in my pictures, loving life, having fun with guys like you and girls that uh, just love to make a difference in other people's lives. And that's, that's where you can find me is LinkedIn pretty much. That's great. We'll make sure and link all of those in the show notes and uh, especially Fatherhood Festival. It's going to be a great event. Absolutely. Fatherhoodfestival.com is going to be awesome. It is the launching pad for nfxco.com and we are going to make a difference. We're going to give non-fungible experiences for everybody. That's fantastic. Well, thank you, Patrick, for being on SaaS Fuel and wish you well. And we'll be paying attention to the launch of NFX and Fatherhood Festival for sure. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you to everyone for listening and spending time with us. I just appreciate your time, Jeff. Thanks again to Patrick McGuire for coming on the show and sharing your insights and resources. You can learn more about Patrick and RosterLogics at rosterlogics.com and check them out on all social media as well. Remember, this Thursday, June 17th, is the launch of nfx.co, which benefits charities and provides unique experiences with athletes and celebrities as part of Dad Saturday. So check out fatherhoodfestival.com for more information there. As always, links, highlights, resources, and full show notes are all available at sasfuel.com. As a reminder, if you're enjoying the show, share it with one other person in the SaaS world. They will know that you're an absolute genius, you know, an insider on the cutting edge of information. So share us and let us know too. Do that by rating us, by leaving a review at ratethispodcast.com slash SaaSfuel. I'll be sure to read these on a future episode, or you can leave comments and feedback by calling 903-SAS-FUEL. Tune in next week for our conversation with Armando Biondi. Armando is a serial entrepreneur, senior executive, and angel investor in over 250 startups. I actually had to go back and check my notes to see if I got that right, or maybe I fat-fingered it. 250 startups. You think he might know a thing or two? Oh, yeah. Currently, he is the founder and CEO of breadcrumbs.io the first no-code scoring engine that will surface companies' hidden revenue opportunities in just a few minutes. Wow, wow, wow. So big, big waves next week. Bring your surfboard because it is going to be an epic, epic ride. So until we meet again next week, enjoy the journey.